Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to episode 13 of the Screen Bucket Podcast. Yes, welcome. Welcome to a very special pasty episode. <laughs> yes, indeed. Two episodes ago, Rob promised that we would have a paste off, and we are fully equipped. We're delivering on that promise. Indeed. But not yet. First, we will get into the radio show. What did we discuss this time? Well, um, first of all, we discussed um, an animated a film, an alternative kind called Kubo and the Two Strings yeah. uh, from the makers of Coraline or the producers, production <sighs> company did Coraline, which you don't like very much. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I sucked the life out of you of that just as you sucked the life out of me of Contagion. Um, <laughs> you liked it? Yeah, it was alright. Okay, it was good. But I, still, <sighs> I was still begrudged by watching it. Mm. Um, we also discussed the new wave of biopic films yep. such as Bohemian Rhapsody, The Dirt, Rocketman, Wolverine, who should play the new one. Yep. Um, and we had no answer. No, there's no there's no one. Um, what else did we talk about, Adam? Um, we talked about what's been going on in the world in the last two weeks. Captain Marvel is um, under attack. Talked a bit about June, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, special effects and uh, where we are in the production of our upcoming short. Yes, and then we filled time by talking about TV tropes. Yeah. Good show. Fantastic show. Yeah. <laughs> but really, you podcast listeners are getting some exclusive yes. brilliance. You are in for a treat. But first, let's get into the show, shall we? Yes. Sorry, let's start. Oh, this is Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. Learn about movies whilst we get in your job. There's TV and games and other stuff too. And we're going to share all this with you. Get out of my you little toad. And welcome to a sunny, springy edition of Screen Bucket. But it's February. I know. What the hell is going on? We're all going to die. Yes, I think so. I think Al Gore was right all along. He was. And we mocked him, and we made cartoons about him, but now it's coming true. It's all coming true. Our grandchildren will be fried and become eggs on the pavement or, long after we're gone. Yeah. Or will they all be swimming? No, because we won't evolve in time. But they might have gills, like well, Kevin Costner. But he he got them over some time, didn't he? Did it? Was he an experiment? I can't recall. Was he a mutant? He might have been a mutant. Was he the only person with webbed hands and feet? Possibly, because everyone else is just smoking fags in an oil tanker, aren't they? Maybe you have to drink your own pee constantly, and then you get gills. And then you grow gills. Maybe. Well, we never knew how the ice cap melted. It might have been nuclear. Maybe That's he true. was a mutant. Anyway, what have we got for the show ahead of us, Rob? Uh, we're going to review our first animated film. Ooh. Um, we're going to talk about some trailers that have come out. Um, we're going to do some other stuff that I can't remember. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, we'll get there eventually. Now, last week, anyone who listened to the podcast version of this show, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and your favourite podcast website thing, um, will know that last week's show was a little bit long. A little bit long. Normally the chat, uh, without well, the show without the music's about an hour and a half. We had a solid two hours last time. 
because we just had so much to talk about, I guess. So that means this week we have nothing to talk this about. This week we literally, without planning, maybe that's the problem. Yeah, maybe maybe that was the mistake. Maybe that was the mistake. So this week I've decided to initiate um, Operation Timer. In theory, these links should only be 10 minutes or shorter. So I've set it at 10 minutes. At 10 minutes, a small galaxy worth of klaxons will go off and spray us with confetti and foam if we go over 10 minutes. Fantastic. All right, so we're, we're currently on three minutes uh, from now. So, yes. Really good radio there, man. Really good. To get into the into the insight, into the... The stuff between the crust. Look, right. Of how this is made. I'm we're all I'm all about sharing our skills and making people know how we do this thing. And right now we're running a timer. <laughs> are, you, are you going again? <laughs> you just explain it again. Only six minutes left of this bit. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what else have we got to talk about? Come I, on. I saw a film. I saw a film. Did you? What did you see? Yeah. I saw I think we're alone now. Ellie Fanning. And Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones fame uh, star. So Peter Dinklage is alone in the world. Everyone has died except for him. Okay. Or so he thinks. Okay. And he's in his hometown and he's a bit of a clean freak. So he kind of goes around all the streets, going into all the houses and taking all the corpses out and burying them, cleaning up the houses. And he puts a white cross on the road for opposite every house that he's cleaned. So just basically trying to make the town his, you know, nice, clean haven. Okay. When all of a sudden, Ellie Fanning's character crashes drunk into the town and they start a weird relationship where he's really sort of neurotic and worried about preserving everything and keeping everything organised and tidy and she's kind of a loose cannon. Okay. Messing the library up. <sighs> he worked as a librarian as well, so the librarian is his for- the library is his <sighs> fortress and she's ruining it. Does she, does she leave... Toothpaste crust on the sink as well. Yeah, I bet she does. Uh, uh, but then... cohabitation, mate. So uh, every time piles of clothing between the door and the living room. Yeah, awful. Washing awful. up, not done. Just bottles of wine lying around. Yeah, I mean that's what she was doing. Ugh. But it's one of those films where does she do the dishwasher properly? I don't know. Because there's a there's a there's a way to do the dishwasher and. They never seem to. Oh, she's f- flinging her own feces everywhere for the entire <laughs> film. And then it ended and everything was brown. Ugh. And that was the film. And Netflix got Typical. five Oscars. Typical. See? <laughs> Come on. What happens? I'm on a... Uh, I have been told not to drink coffee by my doctor for six weeks. And Adam is trying to throw me these curveballs. <laughs> Which is a terrible idea. <laughs> I'm trying to describe this film. I tried to raise Rob's energy levels before the record. And yeah. it didn't go well, but this seems to be working. This is working perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> it's a good film okay. to watch on your own. Mm. because But a bad film, I imagine, to watch with someone else. Because if you want to watch a film where the first half is about a guy on his own, you want to be on your own as well. Because you want to be immersed in that sense okay. of... Okay, yeah, yeah. Of loneliness. It's one of those. It sounds a bit like Last Man on Earth. Did you see that? I did not. Takes it literally. Last Man on Earth. So it starts off where he's on his own, living in this world, doing all the all the fantasy things you do in a post-apocalypse. You right. know, 
make a, uh, a throne of beer cans and read all the magazines and eat whatever you want. So, and then he starts sort of losing it and getting bored. And then it turns out there's loads of women around. He's literally the last man on Earth. Oh, brilliant. But, good deal. Yeah. It's quite good. It's quite funny. Check it out. I think it's probably sit on UK TV. Oh, give that a watch. Yeah. What would you do if you were the last man on Earth? <sighs> I would... See, I used to think about this as a teenager all the time, and I sort of don't think about it anymore. I would eat everything. But after a while... Everything. You don't need to be able to eat tinned things unless you become a hunter. After a while, yeah. That's true. I'd be I'd start learning archery again. Yay. You could eat all of the paste from B&M. That you was... could eat all the paste. Oh, my yeah. God. That'll last for 200 years. It will. <laughs> it will outlast humanity. B&M paste will literally, at this point, outlast humanity. Well, maybe that's what caused it. Maybe all the meat paste formed into one giant glob and rolled down the street, turning everything into paste. Car paste. Dog that's... paste. <laughs> Really, imagination working there, man. Tarmac paste. Oh, jeez. Train paste. So, we've got two minutes left. I have um... ten minutes in and I already <laughs> hate you this week. I really do. I was listening to Blind Boy. Oh, yeah. My favourite podcaster tier. Mm-hmm. And he was... Better than us? Yeah. Let's, oh. let's be honest. He wears, a ro- he wears a plastic bag on his head. Oh. We should start. Maybe have a paper bag with eye holes? Yeah, I could get my rubber mask out. Sweet. He was saying that in order to save the planet, Mm. we have to cut down our meat consumption by 90%. (sighs) But he got that statistic from somewhere else, I don't know where. Do you know what would really save the planet? Beef paste. Beef (laughs) paste. No, if we start eating each other. Definitely. Rather than livestock. Will we start with the old people? No, that'd be gristly, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, so like healthy middle-aged people. Do you know what? Do you know teenagers? Teenagers, yes, yes. Eat them all. Yeah, and the uh, the dodgy ones, they smoke themselves. <laughs> what else are we talking about on the radio show, Adam? <laughs> Have I missed anything? We are discussing uh, biopics. Oh, yes, There's a lot of, of biopics going on at the moment. Biopics coming out of every orifice of the movie body. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're up to with our current film. We're going to be talking about some special effects work we're doing. Um, got Fortnite, Schmortnite, obviously, look at the last two weeks. Ah, yes, worth pointing out, uh, this record was done prior to the Oscars, yes. so we won't be talking about the Oscars, but that's our alarm. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ten minutes. Ah!
Jake! I like this! Jake, are you what? okay? What? What? I'm just starting out. You sound upset. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Would you like some salmon paste? Yes. Yes, I'm gonna go. Yes, I'll be right down. Okay. I'm gonna go and eat some salmon paste now. But I just wanted to know, but I've got your number, Adam, and I'm coming for you. Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur. I'd love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like I do on Scream Bucket. Yeah, Kubo, my choice. Yeah, so last week at the end of the show, I asked you to give us a topic. Might be the end of the podcast, actually. And you gave us filmmaking, didn't you? Movie making, you said. I think you coerced me into a choice. I think I said, what's the topic? And you said, filmmaking. Yes, see, it was kind of a twitch. (laughs) I've changed my mind, guys. So you've changed your mind. I'm sorry. So you went for Cubo and the Two Strings. Yes, a 2016 film directed and produced by Travis Knight. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from Leica. You know those guys? They did Coraline, Box yes. Trolls. I've only seen Coraline. I've only seen Coraline, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's very good, though. Wonderfully animated. Yes, it really, really is. It blew me away. Was it the longest stop-motion film? I think it might have been. And then it was beaten by Kibo. That's what I read somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. But yes, tell us what happens. Okay, so... Starring Charlize Theron, Ralph Fiennes, Rooney Mara, George Takai. Ray Fiennes. That's what you meant to say. Fiennes, isn't it? Ray Fiennes. And Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Um, So it's about Kubo, who's a kid who's living in feudal Japan. Mm -hmm. He's got an eye missing. Is he? Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Uh, But he lives in this town. He earns a living for himself and his ill mum by playing his shamisen, which is a kind of... Japanese stringed instrument. Banjo, basically, isn't it? Yeah. It's only got two strings, as the title would suggest, for the townsfolk. Um, but he has special powers with his shamisen. He can use it to... Shamisen? Shamisen. It is shamisen. Shamisen? Shamisen. Shamisen. Is it said with a Sean Connery accent? Or... Shamisen. Shamisen. He uses his shamisen to control... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he can control paper, control origami and make mm. it, you know, adapt it to his will so he can create like, I don't know, fire-breathing chickens and warriors and monsters and all sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was an early spectacle, wasn't it? He's telling the story in the village. Yes. He's telling this grand epic story with these tiny little figures. I thought at that point, um, I, I didn't know it was real. What, did you think it was sort of in his imagination? Yeah, oh, or, the, yeah. or everyone else's imagination, they were seeing it. But then... That quickly gets squashed, doesn't it? No, he can actually do it. He actually does it, yeah. So his um his mum is the person who's like sort of passed it down to him and he plays it via like a hairpiece, which turns into a sort of pick, mm. if you will. And he gets attacked. But he gets attacked because he's got this family past. There's a very big family theme in this film. He always has to rush off before sunset. Yes. Uh to go back to his mum and look after his mum who's not very well. I was going to say faintly comatose, but she wakes up. She's got a memory problem, mm. which is definitely a, like develops into a feat, like a theme throughout the film. Yes. So you wonder if that's kind of really trying to delve into sort of people's real life issues and kind yeah. of give something for certain audience members to relate to. There's definitely something going on. But yeah. one night he stays out too late. Yeah. And that's when he gets attacked. 
He does, yeah. By his two evil aunts mm. who are given the mission, we believe, of getting his other eye to give to his evil grandfather. Yeah. She's a weird one. Yeah. So he escapes with the help of his mum. He's basically gone to, there's like a festival thing going on where the townspeople can like contact and communicate with their lost loved ones. Mm. He's basically lost his father. All he knows about his dad is his dad was helping save him before when he was a baby. What's wrong? It's so complicated, isn't it? It was hard to kind of understand the story at first. I... But you get it. Yeah. I... Do you know... Yeah. I hadn't seen this before last night when I watched it. And I'm not sure I like it. And partly because there's so much going on. This is weird for you, though. You normally you don't like all the Disney stuff, do you? Because it's too... Kiddie no. and this is a bit more adult, and you're like, nee. Well, uh, I appreciate the artistic, uh, technical aspect to it all, but it just feels like, I don't know, it feels like there's too much going on. It's very Japanesey, and I've never been massively into Japanese culture. Huh. And also, it's also, on top of that, it's American being Japanese, so it's like a Freeway yeah. translation. Well, it's kind of like they whitewashed it, didn't they? I think a lot of the Japanese people yeah. were really annoyed that the cast was all, all the main cast was white. So yeah, I remember this when it came out. So um, yeah, and I, you know, we've well, not we, America have done that before. Do you remember Godzilla nineteen ninety eight? Do you remember how well that went? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, yeah, but yeah, in principle. It, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, I guess, if it's going for the best actors. But when you can't see them... I don't know. Do you know? I, I, yeah, there is no, there's very there's little no point. reason to cast... Do you know what? I didn't recognise anyone's voice except uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I recognised Sherry Ferron. But you didn't uh, think she was right for I it. didn't think she was right. That's why it stood out to me. That's why I was like, mm, why is she doing it? She just didn't sound like she was in the spirit of it. Right. I don't know, where Matthew McConaughey was fantastic. Oh, perfect. Absolutely embodied Beetle, the role of Beetle, which was an interesting character. And Rooney Mara was really good at the evil aunts. Who were oh, yeah, no, really actually, they terrific were terrific characters. They were good. No, there was just these uh, really, I thought, mesmerising scenes. Um, two that come to mind are where he fashions origami pieces of paper to make a huge boat so they can sail across the ocean. Beetle, Matthew McConaughey, mm. and a monkey. Charlie's for on having an argument about how they're going to cross the lake. They can't. They can either swim across or they can walk around. And they're having an argument, saying, "You know, it's too long to walk around, or they can't swim that far." And then Kubo just gets out his shimmer <laughs> and uh, creates this beautiful boat out of paper. And the was way it's it sort of was it paper or was it leaves? Was it leaves? I thought it was leaves. Maybe it was leaves. He, he saw a leaf. In the yeah. water, oh, yeah, and they leaves. summon them all. Because yeah. apparently he has control over paper and nature. Ah, oh, but hang on a minute. Trees are made of paper. Well, paper is made of trees. So, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh, wow, so you can okay. make that a loophole. All right. And obviously the other scene was the boss fight with the giant <laughs> yeah. skeleton. Now, now that was awesome. That I. That's the thing. The technical side of everything was fantastic. And that sequence is amazing. The biggest stop motion puppet ever made. I think I'm right yeah, in saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 foot. If, uh, we watched the behind the scenes thing. If they assembled the full thing, it wouldn't fit in the warehouse. 
crazy. So to do it in chunks. Yeah, no, I thought um, it was really beautiful. And it, it kept kicking up these sort of family themes. And there's so much of it, as we said, is memory loss. Yeah. About the grandfather is has lost, loses his memory at a certain point. Uh, his uh, beetle, we won't, you know, to describe why and how would be too much of a spoiler, but mm. there's so much sort of people well, can't remember and it's about love and family and stuff. That's, so yeah, that's the the main story is Kubo has to go and retrieve his dad's suit of armor and sword, yes, and helmet in order to defeat the baddie. Yeah. So the whole thing's really journey across the wasteland essentially to recover these pieces. And you got Kubo's guide is a monkey, and then they meet Beetle along the way. And he's also got his little. Um origami samurai who's walking around which is modeled after his dad yes hanzo yes hanzo that's it um and they keep encountering these things so they to get the sword they have to defeat the big demon skeleton and then the other ones are in various places which some of which are traps and some of which the unbreakable sword Mm. That's what I was trying to say. I like that. They're trying to find the unbreakable sword by grabbing swords and smashing them. Yeah. Until the one didn't. That's quite cool. It was like a Zelda boss, that. It really was. Actually, I got a Zelda vibe the whole way through. Yeah. The musical instrument. Yeah, it's just a journey throughout, really. So he he gets butterfly winged off to this snowy wasteland, and from there he has to quest forth and find these lost temples where the armor would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was kind of immersed in all that, traveling across the lake. I love those kind of journeys. See, it's labyrinthy. As a, this is my thing. This is why I'm not sure I'm. I completely was sold on it. I was talking to someone about it, and I what I think I worked out is film can be seen in two ways: art and story. You can have films that lean between the two, lean on one side or the other. Art meaning direction, light, acting, all the performance side of things. Whereas story tends to be the the building blocks, solid foundations on which the art comes off. This is very, this is very much on the art side of things. It's all very beautiful, very technical. But there's not a huge amount of story going on. Well, there is. There's lots of characters going on, but the actual basic story is: boy need get this, boy need then defeat baddie. They're obviously not counting all of the sort of family drama that's going on. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sold on it. But that's yeah. off the Zelda thing. Would it be a better game? I'd have absolutely loved that as a game. Yeah, it would have been a great game. Especially with that art style. Especially with that art style. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Japanese art style games like Okami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where it really brings to life that kind of art. So it's uh, the movie was influenced by ink washing and origami. And there's an art form called, and I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong, ukiyo-e woodblock style. So like a one, like her wanted the film to look and feel as if it's a moving woodblock print. Okay, I can see that. So that's the kind of thing they were trying to get across, which did work. But I, I do kind of see what you mean about the uh, the unbalance between story and art. It feels like it's what we. What did I. What was it I was watching? When it feels like it's trying to. Oh, it's Alita Battle Angel. It felt like it was trying to make me go, wow, the whole time. Right. I'm like, eh, just tell me what's happening, please. But I would say, though, Kubo. Everything tied together at the end really well. Yes. Because I was feeling like, what, what? The whole way almost. And then the end, it suddenly went, oh, okay, I get it. There's a bit, I don't know how to say this without there being a spoiler, but there was a kind of a question mark with me at the end where 
something gets brushed under the carpet and people are like, ah, never mind. Mm. And you think, well, hang on a minute. And I can't even, I cannot, no, I, know. I can't yeah. go into it more. Yeah. I can't go into it more. Would, I mean, that's the thing. Would you recommend this? Do you want people to see this? Yeah. And you know, I would recommend it very much um, to like people with kids. Like if you've got, um, if you're just churning out the Disney films and the Shrek films, etc., yeah. then I think this is a good one to kind of bridge the gap into slightly more PG-13 territory because there are adult themes that kind of inspire yes. thinking. There's it, a bit more violence. There's a bit of slashing and... I would say this is a film to show your kids if you trust your kids. It definitely doesn't talk down to them. Do you know what I mean? No. Same with Coraline, actually. No, yeah. Um. Yeah, on that basis, I agree. However, I wouldn't recommend it. No. Because... But you know what? I'm happy about that because... I was hoping to choose a film which you wouldn't enjoy, and I succeeded. <laughs> I, uh, eh, I would say, if you want to watch something like this, watch Isle of Dogs. Okay. Because Isle of Dogs is brilliant. It's got good story and art. Well, Wes Anderson. And it's also japanese So Wes Anderson yeah. is one of the best directors for maintaining that good balance. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah, say. I'd say. It's the most Wes Anderson film ever, instantly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kubo, meh. Now I get why it didn't win. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Zootopia. Yeah, Zootopia. It's about stupid fox and a bunny. No, it's about racism, man. Oh, well, it's yeah. It's really deep. Yeah, but... <laughs> anyway. So, Cubo and Two Strings. It's not available anywhere, is it? No, you're going to have to buy it on YouTube or Amazon Prime. Yeah, don't bother. Do bother. No, no, no. Don't bother. Oh, you really... Get on my nerves today. <laughs> Watch the featurettes on YouTube, then you can see all the technical stuff. Uh, That's cool. Next. Adam's Film Reviews. Happy Death Day to you, 2019. Dude. Oh. I am Trevin right now. I feel like I totally lived through this day already. Did you have Yes. The day reset when you died, right? Yeah. I might be able to help with that. I died 11 times. I was stuck reliving the same day over and over again until someone wearing a baby mask murdered me on the night of my birthday. Turns out it was my roommate, Lori. I kicked her crazy ass out a window and killed her, which broke the loop. But now I'm living the better version of my life. You okay? No. Oh, hey, you're up. I folded your pants for you. No way. Dude, did you hear that? Oh, what? I don't believe this. It's Monday the 18th again! Stop global warming. Written and directed by Christopher Landon, Happy Death Day to You is the follow-up to the 2017 black comedy slasher film, Happy Death Day. Kicking off with the last film ends, happy... Ugh, I'm just going to call it to you from now on. Kicking off with the last film ends, To Me To You picks up with Ryan, a college student walking in on his roommate Carter and his new girlfriend and time-looping protagonist of the first film Tree, which is still a stupid name. See, in the last film, Tree was stuck in a time loop. The loop would end the moment she died and she'd zip straight back to Monday morning, which isn't an easy thing to avoid when there's a baby-faced masked murderer chasing you around every corner. Eventually, she becomes at peace with herself and, like Groundhog Day before it, 
She breaks the loop and lives till Tuesday. Now in R2-2U, we are quickly ushered back into the world, but there isn't a spiritual higher power at work here. Ryan and his friends have been working on a special science project, a sort of laser sphere reactor thing designed to slow time down. Only it didn't slow down time, it created the loop. Things go a bit wibbly-wobbly and, um, oh dear, Tree is right back in bed on Monday morning, back where it all started. Only not. Forced to relive her day from the first film, Tree is not best pleased, but her frustration turns to confusion as she discovers that things have changed. People aren't where they should be. People who previously had no knowledge of each other are suddenly extremely close. And soon we discover along with Tree that the rules have changed themselves. This isn't necessarily a time travel story anymore. It's multiverses and things just got a lot more complicated. Et to you is a textbook sequel. While it inhabits the same world as the first, it pushes the boundaries in every direction. More comedy, more emotion, more story. Where I had complained of the first Happy Death Day just not being weird enough, the sequel does this and more. Whether it's a fun montage of Tree's endless suicides or the cartoonish and ridiculous side characters, or the completely out-of-place science geniuses on campus. Unfortunately, with all this in mind, the slasher horror element does kind of drop off, especially after the opening Scream 2-ish sort of scenes, which the baby-faced killer, which was a major part of the first film, ends up feeling more like an afterthought. The final reveal was especially lacklustre. In all honesty though, as a sci-fi comedy, it works just as well. Jessica Roth is absolutely amazing as Tree. I don't think there's any other way of putting it. Far more than the first, Tree is pushed into some deep territory and Jessica's performance is absolutely heartbreaking where it needs to be. Where the first Happy Death Day was Scream meets Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day to You lands firmly on Back to the Future 2 territory. It's a different kind of film, but one that expands perfectly on the first. For me, it ticked all the right boxes and I would highly, highly recommend it to anyone who enjoyed the first film. If you haven't seen the first film, then for God's sake, watch it first. We're in crisis mode, Tree. Who's going to pledge Kappa now that we have a death curse? Scream Bucket on Northart FM. People. Welcome to Fortnite Schmort Night. Adam. Yes. Do you like Wolverine? Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> well. I like Logan. Um, so we know that Hugh of the Australian descent. Huge. Huge, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Has hung up his claws. Yes. That's how people keep phrasing it. He's hung up his claws. Has he? Yeah. So he's never playing Wolverine again. Despite Ryan Reynolds trying to get him to do it again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, but inevitably, it seems the X-Men will be joining the MCU, Marvel's Cinematic Universe, at some point. Yep. Um, and one of the major talking points among people who are big fans of that is who is going to play Wolverine. Um, something funny happens to a... I don't know if it's funny. You be the judge. Um, so, the Deadpool... <laughs> Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Um... So he tweeted... Comic creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, said... Did he write it? No, he didn't write Wolverine. Did he write Deadpool? 
Yeah, he wrote it. I, I don't know. I didn't research it. Did enough. he draw it? Yeah, who knows? All right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so, <laughs> he tweeted, Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine, Zac Efron, you all lost your marbles, Jackman was an unknown. So, unknown? We, so, what he's referring to is there's some rumours that I think were quite false. Mm. They're certainly about Daniel Radcliffe. Don't know about Zac Efron. But he's getting his knickers in a twist because he doesn't want these two people to play Wolverine. Okay. Where those two people Did are... Did he write Wolverine? Shut up. Where those two people are concerned, I would have to agree with him. I yes. don't think Zac Efron or Daniel Radcliffe could play Wolverine. No. Uh, but I was thinking, I don't know who could play Wolverine. It's very hard. I wouldn't want... Because Wolverine... Uh, Hugh Jackman is very tall. He's like six foot two or whatever. And in the comics, Wolverine's this sort of hunchy little five foot three... Yeah, well, little, yeah. Little beast. As he should be, because the Wolverine animals small, small and meaty isn't he yeah um hmm see if it was 20 years ago we'd have all of the wolverines because you think of russell crowe yeah rusty crowe fighting fighting <laughs> magneto fighting around the world slicing around the world yeah schnicking around the world hmm but today everyone's too good looking and pristine i mean i mean you mentioned it before tom hardy he's a bit of a villain though isn't he yeah, and I always feel... It seems like whenever someone says, ask the question, who do you think should play Blah? The first answer is always, oh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. As if he's some sort of genius. <laughs> no, Tom Hardy should play him. So no, it's, it's got to be someone else. Hmm. I'm trying to think of actors who are even that physical these days. Every action movie seems to be Tom Cruise. Yeah. What about Fast and Furious? Who's in Fast and Furious? Jason Statham. As Wolverine, I can't remember where I came from. How old am I? Who put his bloody claws in me? <laughs> it's a Magneto. <laughs> That's very good. That'd be great. I can't think of anyone else. No. The Rock. Yes. Why not? Rock. Why not? Ah, oh, Dave Bowister. Yes. That could work. Dame Judi Dench. <laughs> Dave Bowie would be great. I mean, much more chunky yeah. Wolverine. No, he would be very good. He would be very good. Yeah. Because he's gruff and manly. I don't know whether he's got the right level of charisma. And he's also probably massive. Or is he quite short? I'm trying to think of him in Hotel Artemis. Oh, he's a big bloke, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Well, there you go. If anyone's joining suggestions, yeah, tweet please, us. Please tweet us, yeah. Um, also, uh, we were quite immersed by a show which came out last winter this winter the early part of this winter called The Haunting of Hill House mm, um, as was the rest of the world yeah everyone everyone loved it um, we're always going to do a sequel um, and they've actually decided to switch to uh, Bly Manor for the next one yeah I'm over the moon about this because the one thing I hate is when sequels just do more of the same yeah that's why I didn't really like Stranger Things series 2 yeah, I agree. I certainly agree where this is the case. Because so, yeah, I mean, is it a different fam? Like the Hill House was a book, wasn't it? Yeah. Is this another book? Was it based on the what The Haunting was based on? Or was this based on The Haunting? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know enough. But, yeah, I'm... The thing I didn't like about The Haunting of Hill House that mm. I would like to change for this one is you didn't really get to know the house enough... There's all these scenes no, where yes. they might be in the basement fixing something or there's some rooms upstairs, but it all seemed very constricted and you kind of want to feel like you're getting lost. 
the word manor implies that this is going to be a bigger place. So, you would want more history? I would want... Or I would, would you want to be in the house I would more? want to get the similar feeling to what The Shining gives you. Yes. Where you're very aware of the space. And obviously yeah, there's a lot of actually, meandering yeah. halls. But it all seemed... There was too much going on outside the, the Hill House. Well, the first half of the series is almost exclusively outside yeah it's all they're real following the characters isn't it yeah there's a few memories mm. but they're either in a funeral home or they're driving or you know whatever i want to be trapped in a house with yeah. other people for a series mm. would you prefer it if it was linear um it... this time maybe well they've done the non-linear haven't they maybe. yeah that might be interesting or maybe less you know they can go back and forth a bit but maybe a bit less you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see um, what happens with that. Uh, so, other news. June. What do you know about June? Absolutely soddle. Good. June was a massively influential sci-fi book series uh, that inspired like Star Wars and stuff. They've made. They did do a remake, directed by David Lynch, which is terrible. Really bad. It has some fans. But anyway. David Lynch made a bad movie? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> um, but they're doing a new one. Right. And it sounds pretty exciting. It's Denise Villeneuve. Oh, yes. Villeneuve. The guy who did Blade Runner 2029 and Arrival. 2049. 2049. Yeah. So massively famous and good seasoned sci-fi director. Um taking a new stab at it and it's got some great actors in it Dave Boeister you know the new Wolverine yeah. Stellan Skarsgård oh brilliant uh, Josh Brolin yeah really really good cast Oscar Isaac oh interesting. wow so yeah that's going to be really good I'm really excited for that so that's going to be a while off that's next winter but still it's pretty cool I mean to take a classic like Blade Runner and then make I mean, an arguably better sequel is a monumental yeah, undertaking really in is. film. So, I've got very high hopes. Yeah. And if anyone hasn't seen Jodorowsky's Dune, which is a documentary about a failed attempt to remake uh, the Dune, to adapt, rather, the Dune series, then please do. One final piece, very, very quickly. <sighs> Captain Marvel. We mentioned it before. It's getting trolled again. It's getting trolled again. Um, so it's come out in... Is it, it must be out in America. It's not out here yet. No. Um, to mostly positive reviews, from what I understand. People seem to be quite impressed by it. However, that hasn't stopped the disgruntled fan fools. That's my new name. The disgruntled fan fools. The disgruntled fan fools. People who hated it from announcement basically no grounds to hate it are now still kicking off people have um, been trolling Rotten Tomatoes putting bad reviews on it despite you know what everyone else is saying um, people just moaning on social media it's just a plethora of nonsense is it because I, I hope it's not is it because it's about a female lead because I can imagine I mean, a lot of pathetic people online going for it. That's what all the trolling was with the trailer. Yeah. It's what it seemed to be. I don't know. I don't get it. Because I wonder if, uh, I don't know, a male equivalent film, if people 
maybe a lot of people would not give it the same amount of abuse. There just seems to be something a bit. I wonder if there's also a thing about that people don't want another Marvel film. They just. Oh, no! oh my Hello! god! Stop talking! Hello! Stop talking! Stop talking! Dell Media's Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. Please, sir. What is it, boy? Please, can you sponsor us? What? You could sponsor a show on North Hearts FM that's made for the community, by the community. And let us keep making great content. We're a fledgling station, but one with over 10,000 listeners a month. And it keeps growing. And what's in it for me? Five adverts a day, sir. Plus, the world will get to see your branding at live events, online, and be proudly displayed alongside the show you choose to sponsor on all online content. Plus, on-air mentions and branding. It won't even be taken out of the shows on Listen Again, so your brand will be out there forever. Then how much is that going to cost me? Only £360 a year, sir. Or £30 a month if you just want to run adverts instead of a full sponsor. It isn't more? No, sir. Just head to northartsfm.com for more information or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. This is brilliant. Show for sale. Show for sale. Now it's show and tell, screen bucket. Hola, looks rather nice. Okay, right. Here we go, podcast exclusive time. What have we got going on, Rob? So, Adam, and so, listeners, uh, we have in front of us um, a packet of main brand crackers. Mm. We Rhymes with m- Melob. Melob does not rhyme with Paycub. <laughs> oh, yes, good point. <laughs> what the hell is Melob? I, I was just looking at the old. Weird. It's not freaking. Sorry, I swore. It's... it's like Lord of the Rings talk. Yes. Melod. Melok. It's the elvish word for friend. It's the elvish word for cracker. Mm. Melob. <laughs> right, so where, okay. what should we start with? Okay, so we went to. Can we name it? Yeah. B&M. Went to B&M. Which is my favourite place to buy gifts for Rob. Yes, because they are always from the 1940s ration box. Yeah. I um, I didn't really realise until I met other people, other humans, but I did seem to have a bit of a 1940s uh, upbringing. Or 1950s, rather. Yeah, the stuff you eat. The stuff that you just consider normal and eat. And yeah. just drop things in your coffee. <laughs> You like soggy, slimy things. You're like some sort of swamp creature. Soggy, slimy things? I take offence. You do? 
What? Like what? Like a stupid biscuit. What was it? What they called a Schweinsteiger? <laughs> a Kumpelfluff. Stroopwaffle. Stroopwaffle. Yeah, but it's, your not, coffee. it's not my fault you dropped it in it the... sunk in there from the... <laughs> You're supposed to eat it when it's gooey. Anyway, you are a filthy <laughs> old Neanderthal man. All right. We bought some paste. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. And we're going to sample them. Right. So we do one at a time. Yeah. Okay. So you choose. What do you want to start with? Uh, we'll we'll start with the salmon paste. Salmon paste by Sutherland. Is yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, ooh. describe the look. Uh, so texture. it's uh, pinky grey with a kind of orange tang, <laughs> a, a sort of peachy glow to it. It spreads poorly. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good word for it. If, and it absolutely stinks of cat food. Yeah, if you were to pick up some roadkill and there was some stuff, some flesh that was starting to rot, this kind of substance... Basically, it looks like... Ooh. It's dog food. Cat food, rather. Oh, thank you. Oh, you keep it. I'll do, I'll do my one. <laughs> you keep it. You keep it's it. It's all yours. All right. So it looks... Oh, man, that's horrible. I wanted to say it looked like tuna from afar, but actually up close, it really doesn't look like tuna. No, it doesn't look like anything. It doesn't no. look like anything good. Well, let's taste it, shall we? I'm doing it. Spread it evenly. I was just going to eat a big oh, lump of it. Fine. Mm-hmm. Good radio. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, that's alright. That's delicious. This is going to be the whole segment, you realise. No, I'm going not. Go, going to be horrible. I really like that. How many um, stars would you give that? How many paste buckets would you give that? Out of five. Hmm. That's a significant four. I go for a 3.5. It's salmon, so it's always going to be hmm. fairly good. Alright. Alright. Right, success. Okay. For the vegetarians in the audience, I've also got some puree sort of stuff. That's not puree, dude. Right. I'm going to start with a mystery veg. This is not from B&M. This is from your local Nisa store. Jamaica Callaloo. Alright. Yeah, so I don't know what that is. It sort of looks like... It looks like sagaloo, I'll be honest, it looks like spinach, but yeah. it's not quite. It's sort of like cabbagey seaweed. Yeah. Um It looks like something you'd see in a bin, but you just overlook it and never see it again. Hmm. And never it, think of it until you open this tin. Callaloo, often called soul food, is a famous Jamaican vegetable. Alright. So let's um grab a spoon. I don't know if this is the correct way to eat it I mean it's definitely not the correct way to eat it uh <laughs> what is that too much no I just don't understand are we supposed to cook it that's what I'm worried about well see I've needed a day off work <laughs> alright you on for it cheers, cheers. <clears throat> oh it's very strong Disgusting. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> ah. That's all right, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's nice. Mm. 
It's like, how would you see your it face? Like, <laughs> it tastes like sweat. It tastes like if someone hadn't washed for a week and then you scraped a scalpel on their skin and then you got a layer of sweat and dead skin cells and then you ate it on a cracker. I think it'd be better if it was cooked in something. No, it wouldn't be good in anything because it's disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's quite nice. No. What? Next. Go on then, your choice. Chicken paste. Right, so you can't normally go wrong with chicken. Chicken is the most versatile food in the world, commonly known. There you go. Um, how many chickens die a year for that reason? A lot. A lot. Okay, let's describe this then. So, the inside looks very similar to the salmon paste. Yeah. But the top is sort of brown. It's, in, in exchange of that orange glow, yeah, we are seeing a sort of brown haze so, well, it, to it. It looks like it's fat that's risen. Great. Mm -mm -mm. Great. Great. Okay. Alright. It doesn't smell great, I'll be honest. I just tasted it's pate. That is pate. It's pate. What? That was a miracle. Rob just dropped a cracker with essentially chicken pate and it landed pate up. That's pate, ma'am. Yeah. And it tastes quite nice. Hmm. Yeah. Bit too good. Mm. Sorry, guys. Sutherland. Better than that one I brought you before. Mm. What the hell was that called? Oh, I can't remember this filth. It's kind of got a bit more of that. The more! The salmon paste. I've got a salmon on my fork now. I got it mixed up. Oh, my. A little bit more as well. So, um, what's that term when people really hate eating in their ears? I don't know, this. <laughs> Is it called Screen Bucket? Screen Bucket. <laughs> this is not, this can't be good to listen to, can it? Would you listen to this? No, but I don't have to. These guys do. Um, what's next, Adam? Okay. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> What's he doing in here, Adam? He's pulled out his spinach. In more a tin. More crackers, please. Spinach in a tin. Now, as a kid, I always wanted to see spinach in a tin so I could pretend to be Popeye. Hmm. Never happened. Now it is. But he didn't dig it out of a little teaspoon. No, he squeezed it, but it's not really worked. Oh, wait, it is a little bit. Da 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 da. Oh, it's very runny. It's tasteless. Absolutely tasteless. Disgusting. How do you feel about the texture? Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to add some salmon paste. You're insane. So, what's happened now is Rob's turned into me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Oh, well. Oh, that's worse than a shot of tequila. <laughs> Bloody... Right, I'm glad the tins are out of the way. Mm, what's that? Um, I believe it's the Piesta de Resistance. Oh, no, it's not. We've got that flipping stuff. Right. Primula Easy Squeezy. Cheese with chives. Cheese and chives. Nothing wrong with that. I'm already starting to feel a bit ill. How much? Whatever you're having, you're... whatever I'm having, you're having. He really is not a 
fun this, this, bridge it looks. This oh! oh! What's happened? <laughs> Where did that come from? It's come out the top. <laughs> so squeezing it apparently is bad because okay. it's leaked all over my hands. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and now I can't get it out. Oh, this doesn't belong on a cracker. <laughs> what does it belong on? Nothing. <laughs> I need to get it off my hand onto the cracker. Uh, I don't mind that. Right, it's quite strong. Mm. This is award-winning. You know how everyone has like their own fa their favourite series, but then there's one episode they will never watch because it's <laughs> rubbish. Welcome to that episode. Mm. All right, come on, then. what's next? All right, so we sniffed them. We sniffed them all in the kitchen, and um, there's one which stunk awfully, and it's. Sardine and tomato paste. This is a slightly browner paste. Much browner than, yeah, in, in contrast to the others. It's almost undertaking a dog food tone. Oh, yeah. Um, Did you say what it is? So, yeah, sardine and tomato. Sardine and tomato. Mm. Who would have thought adding those two um, creatures together? Oh, it's princes. Yeah, proper brown. So this should be nice. Brown, though, man. That's really nice. Well, it's very strong. Again, tastes like a fish pate I used to make when I was a pub chef. Used to make fish pate? Really? With mackerel. Ooh. Tear up mackerel, put some um, sour cream and chives in it, mix it all together, put some pepper in it. So we're reaching the conclusion that paste is just pate. Yeah, we rendered the entire thing completely useless. Now... We would remember that we did the, the uh, cheese with chives. This is in a similar toothpaste bottle, but it's cheese with ham. Ham. Ham is not something that automatically comes to mind when you think of spludgy, gooji, um Disco cutie. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, how much do you want? How much you want to give? Oh my god, oh, what, what have you put done? Some, put some on there. Put some no, on there. no, no, that's fine. As long as you have the same. Yeah. And you didn't pop the bottle, well done. Chef, man. Oh man, I can't eat all of this. Yes, you can, you've given it to me. Nah. You have to spread this one. Right. Cheese and ham, squeezy, primula goodness, eh? Okay. Right. Oh. Oh. Oh, that taste of fake. The aftertaste is abysmal. <laughs> yes, it abysmal. is. And the texture is PVA glue. You could bond wood with that. But who buys this stuff? Who think, Who walks into a place and goes, I need that squeezy bowl of paste? Is this something you keep... I mean, it's not the worst. It's all right. Do you know what I'm having one more cracker of? Callaloo! Definitely not Callaloo! I'm going to have salmon paste, because that was my favourite. I'm going to have one as well. All right. Well, um, we'll get back to the show and enjoy. We're just going to finish our crackers. Mm. Hello, listeners. Do you like North Hearts FM? If you do, you can support us by adding your name to our wall. That means you basically go to northheartsfm.com slash wall and add yourself to our wall. All you have to do is donate £50 and BAM, you're on there. Let's have a look. Uh, let's have a look at Hitchin Town FC Beer Monsters. Here we go. 
is come up with Hitchin Town FC Beer Monsters. Chris, Frank, Roger and Steve supporting Hitchin Town FC and North Hearts FM. Brilliant. So that means loads of people who are going to go to this are going to see your thing and hear about it and look into it. And look, you've got loads of exposure. It's incredible. It's actually blowing my mind. You should do it right now. And it's only £50 and then you're on there for a year. You should do that. Next game reviews. The sun on my face. Fresh air in my lungs. The grass beneath my feet. I'd heard of such things, yet I lived in a world without them. An underground world. I have no recollection of life before the blast. There's only Metro, nothing else. Just a girl when the bombs fell. You were right all along. It's not just Russia out there. It's the whole world. Could such things exist again? I live in hope. third game in the Metro series, and loosely based on the third Metro novel, Metro 2035, by Dmitry Glukovsky. Yeah, that'll do. The surface of Moscow is still a nuclear wasteland, filled with horrifying mutated monsters such as flying, dragon-like demons and howling wolf-like watchers. Within the tunnels themselves there is relative peace, with the Order keeping tabs on everyone and maintaining, well, order. And this allows Artyom, our main protagonist, to visit the surface every day in search of that distant signal he heard in the first Metro game when atop the tower. Nobody believes him, of course, until conspiracies and Artyom's heroism gets him and his wife Anna caught up in a whole heap of trouble. Metro Exodus feels like a very different game to the previous two instalments. Don't get me wrong, with the occasional bit of sneaking and claustrophobic tunnel crawling, together with the very tactile feel of Artyom's weapons and equipment, the essence of Metro is still present. But now Artyom, Anna, Miller and their gang are out of Moscow, and that means that the majority of the game is spent in these small explorable areas of which there are three. The Volga, the Caspian and the Tiger. I have to say that the one I enjoyed the most by far was the Caspian. The sea has long dried up, leaving a desert wasteland, and there are arguably far too many similarities here to Mad Max. For example, the enslaved population are ruled by a megalomaniac hoarding all the fuel. Yeah. But for me, that was what made me love it all the more. Where can you go wrong with Mad Max? Vehicles become more of a thing in Exodus, with boats helping you to traverse the mutated, shrimp-ridden Volga River, as well as the option to jump in a truck and blast around the Caspian Desert, covering your windshield with enemies' entrails. These open-world areas are where Exodus really shines, but it's also where you will find yourself getting the most frustrated. As with the previous instalments, the tight corridors and murky tunnels that are littered throughout the game have to be traversed in a slow, methodical way and the clunky controls and awkward movements really do help to bring that claustrophobic feeling to life. However, bring those same traits to a more open expanse and you find yourself often raging at how slow Artyom reacts to your controller input. At one point, I was running from a sea creature, somewhat similar to a Myrlurk from Fallout, but it took me so long to turn and shoot that by the time I had turned around, the creature was already on me, allowing me only one shot before I had to move again. At the time of recording, bugs are also a major issue. And I don't mean mutated 
bugs for which there are surprisingly little of in Exodus, but issues with the game breaking down on you. Don't get me wrong, bugs were an issue in 2033 and Last Light, but they were fun bugs, the kind that made you laugh and prompted you to record it and share it. For example, one of the main characters just gliding along a floor before it plonks down into a chair weirdly. With Exodus, they are at best annoying and at worst game-breaking, and the worst has to be the issue with the loading screens, for they are long. Not as long as Anthem, good god no, but they are long, and twice now I've had to force quit the game as the loading screen has been stuck on 10% for over 15 minutes. Metro Exodus is not short of faults, but what it lacks in polish it makes up for with that metro charm and excellent story beats. Despite all these issues, I played it through. If you are someone who, for whatever reason, gets personally offended by even the slightest suggestion of a bug or low frame rate, then this game is not for you. But if, like me, you can look past those faults and still find enjoyment in a game that really tries to fill that gap left between indie and AAA, filled with great characters, an enjoyable narrative, and an actual challenge on a gameplay level, then Metro absolutely is for you. And that was Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, the world's most notorious band. Motley Crue, Adam, do you like them? I do like Motley Crue. Yeah. It's weird hearing them on here. Why, it... why, what soundtrack have they been on? Well, they're going to be on their own movie <gasps> based on the book The Dirt, a collective Ooh. autobiography of their story. Okay. Coming out on Netflix. So, oh, Netflix, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, on Netflix. So, as of March the 21st, I believe you'll be able to watch it. And, um, yeah, it's coming right in the middle of this wave of musical biopics in between Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man, the upcoming Elton John flick. Um, for those of you who are expecting another Bohemian Rhapsody, this one is going to be a little more depraved. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyone who's read The Dirt will know, but anyone who hasn't, Motley Crue are basically the most dirtiest, dastardliest <laughs> band of them all. They can't, If you've... I, arguably, sure. Arguably, there's other ones. They're on the same level as kind of Aussie and Slash, those kind of autobiographies, which is just drug story after drug story and sex yeah, yeah, story yeah, yeah, after yeah. sex story. So I'm hugely, hugely, hugely excited about it. I can't wait because it's on, honestly one of my favourite like biographical books I've ever read, if not my favourite. But yeah, what, what do you think about this whole craze, though? I mean, it's <sighs> it's everywhere now. I'm not that interested in biopics. Do you know what it is? The, the thing I don't like about it is, I mean, nine times out of ten, the person they choose doesn't look remotely like the yeah. person. And it's kind of like you're watching someone else play, you know, you could just as easily watch real footage and then have the actual person talk about well, it. Well, I was about to say that. I would rather a documentary, with, maybe with reconstruction moments, but I'd rather that with actual people talking and sharing stories yeah. than... A, because, I don't know, like when... When you talked about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, you said quite rightly they sort of skipped over bits and merged stuff in. Yeah, which is fine, but I feel like you could tell the story, and you don't know how much is true, how much has been merged. Yeah, I don't like that, but not knowing. Yeah, because I feel like I've watched biopics and documentaries on the same person, and they tell vastly different stories. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm hoping with Motley, where Motley Crue are concerned, they have no need to make up anything. 
because the stuff that they did is just <laughs> unbelievable. How would you feel though if they doled it down? I'd be furious. Yeah. Because if you, you know, I think it is an eighteen and all that. I think, and I think it would have to be. You couldn't do a Bohemian Rhapsody with it because they, you couldn't tone it. You know, I understand with where Freddie Mercury is concerned, he was a national. Well, he is a national treasure, so you don't want people to be like, you know, some people might be a bit more judgmental than others. I guess that is true, yeah. But people know that Motley Crue were a bunch of absolute scumbags, and they're cool with that. So there's nothing to really blemish. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think. What what band would I actually be interested in seeing a biopic of? I mean, Sex Pistols would be interesting. They've tried to do well. They did Sid and Nancy, didn't they? That's true, but that's the that's ridiculous. Mm. That's so ridiculous. Um, yeah, Pistols would quite be good. good though. Gary Oldman, he's yeah. he's quite, he was solid as Sid Vicious. Johnny yeah. Rotten, Johnny Rotten disagreed though, didn't he? He did. Yes, he did. Well, the thing is, if they actually did, se- oh, yeah, if they actually did the Sex Pistols, it'd actually be a bit of a tragic story. I think there's a band being sort of led from pillar to post. Yeah, um, a performance poet being merged with a bunch of reprobates and stuff. Mm. What else? What? Who else? Who else? Who else? Well, the Aussies turning up in the dirt, which I'm is very he? excited about. Yeah, oh, okay, so, that's cool. I was a- about to say that actually. Because they go on a tour, Motley Crue and Ozzy Osbourne go on a tour and they are just absolutely off their <laughs> rockers the entire time. But that in itself ends badly for Ozzy because of, he takes so many drugs. But I think at the end of it, they say in the book that he was just talking to himself at the back of the bus. saying, right. mm. Just saying, oh, they're all trying to kill me. Mm. Just things like that. <laughs> so there's obviously, it's going to go to some dark, dark I feel places. like Ozzy Osbourne should be a character in every film. Every oh, yeah. film set in the same sort of same period he should just wander in oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Scarface yeah. Sharon I'm in a coke dealer's house yeah yeah well just like yeah Elton John turns up at a, a dealer's house and Elsie just leaves like they walk past yeah. each other in the doorway or something <laughs> I don't know who else who else would you be interested in seeing ZZ okay, Top so uh, Manic Street Preachers oh the uh, guitarist from that was an absolute nutter. He's the one who like carved words into his chest in the middle of an enemy mm. interview, and then he drove off a bridge or something. No one knows how he died, but, but I guess you don't know how to tell that story. Uh, no. No. Hmm. Because here's the thing as well. Sometimes they do them, and they're rubbish. There's never been a good Nirvana one, as far as I'm aware. There's never been a good Michael Jackson one. People have tried, and they've always looked. They've always been naff. Well, that's the thing. That's yeah. I suppose. If you're making a biopic film, you're either going to be a massive fan or a massive enemy. Yeah. So you're always going to have a sob story tribute film or a divisive, yeah, screw you guy, I hate you sort of film. Yeah, exactly. Which was Sid and Nancy, you could argue, was a bit like that. Um, well, they've got... They've, that was very they've... cynical. There's one, they've definitely got an Amy Winehouse one in the works, and they've got to tread very carefully with that one. Very carefully. Hmm. That's the other thing as well. Can you do, if it's a recent-ish person, do they have to already be dead? Because that already taints the storytelling, I would imagine. Well, it's weird Elton's not dead, is he? I, I'm suspicious of Elton, because he suddenly turned up in all these TV adverts. And now he's got a film. Oh, he's going to die, isn't he? He's going to die. Maybe he's already dead. Maybe it's like a... What's the Beatles conspiracy? 
that John was no that Paul was dead. The John died. Oh, I can't oh, remember. There's now. one that Haley Williams from Paramore is dead. No, Avril Lavigne is dead. Oh yes, and has been replaced. <laughs> Two packs alive. Yeah, there's all sorts of it, oh, yeah, all sorts of ridiculous stories. Maybe, but maybe Elton John though. There's a lot of evidence to support that. There'll be a David Bowie film next, guaranteed. And Ooh. oh, we've got a Hulk Hogan one coming out as well, haven't we? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth's been cast as Hulk Hogan. What? He's blonde. Is he? Well, Chris Hemsworth is blonde. Oh, I'm thinking of the other Chris. Chris Evans. No, he can't be Hulk Hogan. No, no, Chris Hemsworth is Hulk. Is Hulk. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm more interested yeah. now. There you go. Okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, really. Just... Oh, and there's one. There's that um, fight in the family about Paige and WWF. Oh, because she sees The Rock on TV. And then, well, yeah, she's like she was raised as a, in a wrestling family, and she actually went out there, and and so now she's done weird. What is she a real? real life. Is it real? Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. Paige is massive. Is she playing herself? No, 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 no. The real Paige has gone a bit L.A. now. Oh, really? Someone was telling me, yeah, she's all fake lips and and I think been off the rails. Basically, there was a big wave of like actual women wrestlers, right? A couple years ago, and that the first wave are now gone a bit. Mad, right, like there's okay. one, there's one girl who got banned from fighting because she hurt her knee and kept playing, didn't tell anyone. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, but it's like oh, I guess it's... if her leg fell off during a match, right? Who's gonna get sued? Oh yeah, no, I see. <laughs> you know, um, that looks really good actually. The Rock produced it, didn't he? Did he? Like, he well, he keeps posting a lot of stuff about it on, well, uh, on his in Instagram. It. Quite a lot, I think. It's Nick Frost though. That's the that's the bonus. Yeah. And uh, Cersei Lannister what? from Game of Thrones. Who? Cersei Lannister. What's that? It's, uh, she's the Queen Regent of the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. Is she? Yeah. Let me just Google what her name is. It'll really annoy me when I realise that her name is... Her is... Is her name is played by Lena Headey? Oh, Lena! Oh, okay. Jesus, Mama from Dread. Yes. If you just said Mama from Dread, I could have told you. You got us watch Game of Thrones, haven't you? What? Really? Yes. God damn it! I'm getting it from every angle at the moment. Loads of people at work are telling me off as well. I said I wanted to watch uh, Night Flyers, the new George R. R. Martin thing on Netflix, oh, the sci-fi. Yeah, just... And <laughs> turns me and went, uh, "No, if you're going to watch anything by George R. R. Martin, it's not going to be that one." Oh, <laughs> Adam's film reviews: Fighting with My Family, 2019. <laughs> Hello? My name is Hutch Morgan. I'm calling from WWE. I'd like both of you to come try out for us. No! 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 It's all fake anyway, isn't it? Oh, what? 
Sorry about that. It's The Rock. We're huge fans. Thank you so much. What advice would you give us? We want to be the next you. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting The Rock. You like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir. May I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's The Rock's advice. Shut your mouth. Thanks, Dwayne. Got it. Written and directed by Stephen Merchant, Fighting With My Family is the semi-fictional retelling of a young woman from Norwich being raised in a wrestling family and being picked up by the WWE, ultimately achieving her greatest dream. I say semi-fictional because although it is heavily based on real-life wrestler Paige's life, it is a little Hollywood. But let's get on to that later. Fighting With My Family introduces us to the Knight family from Norwich. Most importantly, there's Soraya and her brother Zach. Soraya and Zach are both encouraged by their wrestling-obsessed parents, Rick and Julia. As a family, they run the World Association of Wrestling out of a warehouse space, hosting matches and training local kids. As Soraya and Zach grow older, they eventually invited the tryouts at the London O2 during a WWE tour. Forced to adopt a new name and taking it from her favourite TV show, Soraya becomes Paige and she and Zach perform in front of a WWE coach, played pretty impressively by Vince Vaughn. Anyone familiar with the trailer will know though that while Paige and Zach turned up together, only Paige is picked to be taken to Florida for further training and a chance at the big leagues. And that's where things get interesting. Taken to Florida, Paige is put through intense training in a hostile environment where she not only feels isolated and lonely, but totally out of her depth. Zach, meanwhile, is left behind in Norwich to fend for himself. In no time at all, his disappointment and anger towards his sister and WWE drives him to the brink of psychosis as their parents just look on. My main takeaway from fighting with the family is that, despite everything I should be feeling, I can't help but be drawn more towards Zack's story. Sure, Paige is put through the ringer, but hers is a rags-to-riches story and just feels like every sports story we've ever seen before. She struggles, she fails, she pushes through and she wins. Florence Pugh is great in the role and handles this perfectly, but the real story lies with Zack played by the McGregor Peg lookalike Jack Loden. Zack truly descends to hell and back, and beneath the shadow of his more successful sister, pulls through and finds his own place in the story. Rick, played by Nick Frost, is by far the best part of the movie for me. Typical of Nick Frost, he oozes charisma on screen, and is the source of most of the film's comedy. Contrast this with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, whose role seemed to be trademark hero and of genie who just sort of turns up so everyone can ooh and ah how wonderful he is and let's not try to dwell on that squicky sex tape line too what really surprised me about fighting with my family is the emotional core at the heart of the story yes it's funny and yes it's inspirational but it genuinely has soul to it and this is reason enough to recommend it if anything it's made me want to look up the documentary that came before it and read up on Paige's story and that has to be the best compliment of all definitely worth a watch. Paige, I myself have come from a wrestling family too. I know exactly what it means to you. But don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. What? It's Dwayne Johnson. How are you? Prove it. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Yeah, and I'm Vin Diesel, mate. I'm sorry. 
So, on to our own project. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Things are still going on behind the scenes, aren't they? Yeah, um, it's crunch time now. We mm. are two weeks and two days away from filming. Yes. Um, and it's all coming together now. We're scraping together all the paperwork, buying all the last minute things. Adam, you just realised yesterday, no, you just realised today that we didn't have enough batteries for the camera and had to fork out how much? £300. Ouch. I, um, yeah, I had a little moment's realisation and went, oh, our camera's not going to last long in the woods, is it? Every single uh, production meeting we have, Adam says, I feel like there's something really important (laughs) that we're not getting. And I think this might have been one of them. I think... Yeah, God knows what else there is. Oh, there's many more. There's going to be many more. Uh, also, batteries for the lights. Probably need to buy more batteries for the lights. Uh, and today, I got had to buy insurance as well. Hooray! Yay! That's a long, a long phone call with an insurance salesman over my lunch break. Hooray! Anyway, all things. These are all things you don't think about until until the no. moment comes. But yes. It's all moving. We've uh, recruited the knowledge and specialisation of a theatre effects guy called Ruben. Absolute genius. Absolutely. He's one of those guys that you say, I really think we should do something like this. And he'll say, oh, have you tried this? Or, oh, I've done that before. Where have you been? Yeah, we need him. We need to recruit him. He can make... He just says, oh, yeah, this is how you need to do that effect. Yeah, do that. I can make you an air cannon. Yeah, or I can make a LED panel. Yeah, or I can make a harpoon. <laughs> Where has this man been all our lives? I don't know. Behind yeah. the stage in theatre. That's the thing. He um, He does all these effects that have to be done remotely. So he uses all this technical jargon. We're like... Yeah, but you can just stand off camera with a piece of string. Yeah. God, <laughs> that's what he did. Yeah. God. Or we just use a bucket. Anyone who remembers Noel's house party or Get Your Own Back will know full well the uh, abilities of Gunge. Oh, the yes. consistency of Gunge. And I managed to track down the sort of core ingredient in Gunge, which is essentially food thickener. But it's tricky. It's very tricky. Every time we've tried to, well, the time where we tried to make it on Sunday, it came out very porridgey, and with all the bits were still in it. Yeah, I think we need a blender. Yeah, I was doing it by hand, and then I added some paint to it, and it was a bit too much. Yeah, it's coming together though. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you probably need to leave it overnight as well to get so it really has time to soak in. Yeah. It's oh, it's just because we we're gonna have to have it dropping from a high distance, mm. and then we have to worry about the actor that it's falling on. Yes, there's a lot of things that we you know we have to all squeeze this in very quickly, and we don't know what's gonna happen. No, I reckon it'd be fine. It will be fine. We what we might have to do, and this is the thing. Um, so I did the uh, shot list, which I think we mentioned last time. Rob's then gone away and done the schedule from the shot list. And it might be the case that we need to, like, prioritise shots to try and reduce it. Yes. Basically, it's um, your wants or your needs. Well, so you want to maybe cut some shots? Well, it might come to that. We might just have... 
it'd be good idea to prioritize shots. Try and get them all, obviously, but the, get the key ones, and then the others we can worry about later. Then maybe we can have a cutaway or something. Do you know what is going to happen? Mm. We're going to get to two, and we're still going to have to do another hour. And I think we're just going to have to beg the actors to stay for another hour and then pay them. I hope. Yes, I hope that doesn't happen, but yes, quite it's possibly. It's going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it will happen, won't it? Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll rally the troops and we'll, we'll fight our way through. And Absolutely. And then come the autumn, you guys will have a spectacular horror short to, <laughs> um, to watch. Incidentally, we realise as well that we're probably going to need crew on the day. We can't just do it between a couple of us. So... I've put a job out out on Mandy for a runner. Initially, I put production assistant because it sounds nicer. But then I found out that's the American term for runner. Over here, it's just runner. So I put a thing down. If you're interested, head to the Hollowdell Media, at Hollowdell Media, Twitter, and you'll see the pinned tweet there. Um, We'll link you to the job ad. If you're interested in lending a hand on an independent film set, put yourself forward. Yeah, and you can meet your two fifth favourite radio hosts. Yes, indeed. Rob will sign anything you ask. Anything. Anything. Mm. Me. He'll sign me, if need be. And then give Adam to you. Yes. Mm. He fits (laughs) in most cupboards. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, what else are we working on? We've got Josh working on the costume. Yep. So he's uh, found all sorts of things, even just going from a walk in a countryside he's found things to add on to the costumes sticks on the floor I yeah don't know. yeah he, he found a good looking stick and now he's got a silicon resin cast of it did a silicon cast uh made a silicon mold and poured in resin to attach to the costume well, i started out on this thinking we were the weird ones but it turns out the others are josh he's a strange creature <laughs> he just does what he's told that's why we love him. <laughs> I just want to shoot it now. I kind of want to skip over the next week and just do it. Yes. Do it. Then it's done. Well, then the first bit's done. Then we've got the second bit. And the second bit's more complicated. Yeah. But I no, I just want to get the actors done. And then we've just... Well, that's the, the... The actors is the second bit. The third bit's where the, it's just us. third bit's... Yeah, that's where I want to get to. Mm. We can take our time. Yeah. And do silly things. Yeah, but then the editing is going to be a nightmare. Hopefully, because we're scattering it out, the editing will be... Yeah, maybe you can piece it together as you go, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's it from us. That's the update for the film. When are we going to announce it again? Did you tell me before? You know what? You can do whatever you want. You do it whenever you want. <laughs> do I? I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> what difference is it going to make? We'll do it later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. All right. We'll, tell you what, we'll do it when we've got some footage. We can put a teaser trailer yeah. together. Yeah, right, cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. You have one message. Message one. Hello, is this Green Bucket? I've got a bit of a problem. Sir Patrick Stewart here. I think I saw Ian McKellen in my garden. I saw a glimpse of a white robe and a big stick. I think he's after me for the cannon bear. I can hear him. I think he's coming closer in the house. You, you must help me. He's trying to get in the house. I can hear him outside the door. Oh, in, let me get the phaser. Set to stun. 
I think I got him. Oh, it didn't work. I need to go, I need to go, I need to flush some camembert down the toilet. He's got a big stick, he's got a... Leave me alone, Ian! No, you can't have it anymore! Give me my camembert! I said it's a wall! I don't have any camembert! Give me camembert! Give me camembert! I'll give you something. Set to kill! Verb. Yes, sir. Are you familiar with TV Tropes? TV Tropes is an informative and wonderful website which tells you about all sorts of TV and film tropes. Yes, it is. Have you used it? Do you know it? Have you been on it? Yeah, I went on it. Yeah, it's all right. It's quite good. I um, I got a bit obsessed with it back in the day when I first discovered it because it's just so much on there. And then I've sort of lost interest. But it's, uh, to people who are familiar with it, it's, it's like an encyclopedia of uh, things that happen in film, TV, comics, literature, all that good stuff. Do you know what I like about it is it will give you an example of a trope that you hadn't even realised and then you'll instantly think, oh my God, that's in everything. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, one that comes to mind, because they also sometimes make witty names for it. Uh, one that comes to mind that comes up a fair amount. Heroic blue screen of death, or heroic besod. Which is the moment in a story when the something so bad happens that the hero just snaps and loses it and goes mental. For example, Mad Max. The original right. Mad Max. Family get wiped out in the roar of an engine... And he loses his mind. He turns into Mad Max rather than just Max. Right. Um, and you can see it all over, all the time. I almost wait for it now, especially in Marvel films and stuff. So when people have a loss and they lose their... Lose their well, mind. or something happens. Maybe they witness a bad thing. Right, like the Punisher or something. Yeah. His family gets killed, so he goes on a rampage. Well, that's the extreme version. There's, there's less extreme versions, like Captain America, something happens with his... Buddy Bucky. And he goes, right, that's it. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. Proper, proper trope. So, let's test each other. Okay, cool. This in the industry is called filler. Random trope. I'm going to put the random trope button on. I'm going to tell you the title and you're going to tell me what it is. Okay, cool. Okay, let's go. Random trope button, activate. Better be a good one. Activating. Okay. Suddenly significant rule. Suddenly significant rule. You can't do this, otherwise this will happen. So, scream, gremlins, mm. that sort of thing. You can't you be right back, that sort of thing. Don't say that, don't have sex, don't Think drink. Think more literal. The T-Rex, his vision is based on movement, so you can't... I don't know. Mm. More, don't more, know. more literal than that. So, what it is, is uh, a rule or law that's mentioned... Okay. Doesn't really come up much. No one thinks about it. And suddenly, it's the most important thing ever. Okay. So, Robocop. Okay. Robocop, there's the fourth rule, which is must obey all OCP orders. Right. Yeah, okay, fine. It's an OCP product, so it's fine. Makes sense. But then it becomes suddenly significant when he can't arrest the corrupt OCP executive. Okay. Yeah? So it's a little foreshadowy. It's like, it's sort of mentioned almost as an afterthought. Yeah. You know it's there. And then, oh my God, it's the main thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Chekhov's law. Right. I guess. Right, you do want it. Similar to the nut allergy in that film we don't want to talk about. Shut which up! Is now, which is now available on Amazon Prime. Go to Amazon Prime and watch Hereditary. You'll right. regret it. Oh, oh, you'll regret it. You've got a, you've got a good one. Okay. Bug war! Bug war! Bug war! Bug war! Bug war! <laughs> Bug war! Bug war. The bug war. Slash of cheapers. Yes, yeah, a picture. <laughs> the picture is the bug war. So, okay, humans versus giant scary bugs. Also in ants, when they fight the termites. Because <laughs> the ants are like humans and the termites are horrible, evil, scary things. Yeah, any war fought between humans and an insectoid race or any other clearly inhuman enemies, generally the battle is at some point in the future. Awesome. Oh, there's a quote. The historians can't seem to settle whether to call this one the third space war or the fourth, or whether the first interstellar war fits it better. We just call it the bug war. Yeah. From Juan Johnny Rico, yeah. Starship Troopers. Or a better quote from him. I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all! Yeah! Oh, yeah! Yes! Bug war, bug war, <laughs> bug war. Right, next one. But we don't, we're not going to be bug war. No, we're not. We're not going to be bug war. But let's try. Okay. Strapped to a rocket. So, uh, someone is strapped to a rocket, like Woody in Toy Story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is that it? <laughs> that is it, yeah. Uh, there's a picture of Wonder Woman. Oh, she's very sexually strapped <laughs> to that rocket. There's a lot of innuendo there. Yeah. Sister trope to strapped to a bomb. Nice. Yeah, and there's Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. Cool. So they're not all uh, hard. That was fun. Give me one back. Okay. Bug war, bug war, bug war. <laughs> bug war. Let's just talk about bug war more. Glove snap. Oh. Oh, so that's that's the surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy. Do another one. Some of them, TV tropes is sometimes very vague and sometimes very specific. Play along at home. Erotic dream. I wonder what that is. Catch and return. Catch and return. Oh, so that'd be someone throws a snowball, you catch it and you throw it back. Or is it Father and the Son playing catch in the garden? You grab the weapon that's been hurled and fling it straight ah, back at the attacker. It's all in the reflexes. Yeah. And in the mummy returns, he catches the knife and flings it back. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV tropes. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Bug war. You have one message. Message one. Hey, Screen Bucket. It's uh, Matthew McConaughey here, and I just wanted to let you know that I have really, really nice nipples. I don't know if you've ever seen my nipples. I, I've got them out occasionally in the odd film, but my God. The center of the nipple is small, yet always erect. It's an off-brown with a reddy tinge that I think really complements the rest of my skin tone. And there's the odd hair, but they're not really that invasive. I'd say that my nipples are definitely the best I've ever seen on a man or a woman. In fact, if I were to describe the perfect woman, they would have my nipples. Hair and all. I have such wonderful nipples, and I would like the world to know, via you guys at Screen Bucket, that I am the Nipple King. Nay, the nipple god. If you could please broadcast that out, and if 
if anyone wants to see a picture of my nipples, well, you know where to find me. Truly yours, Matthew McConaughey. Well, that was a show, mate. It was indeed. What a show. What, yeah. So we, we talked about Kubo. Yep. We talked about Motley Crue and all of these biopic films. Biopics, yeah. That are infesting. And now I'm somewhat welcome. I, I'm welcoming the rock ones. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's all good. Yeah, biopics is a big thing at the moment. The other thing is all the serial killer things. Yeah, man. Uh, you haven't seen Abducted in Plain Sight yet, have you? No, but that sounded insane. It just gets, it just builds and builds. Like every twenty seconds, they reveal something else that happened in this long-running saga of kidnapping. And do you know what though? I think I, I think I saw. I think I added it to my list like recently as well, just it's, completely randomly. It's a grim watch. Um, have you seen the? Well, there's the Tarantino Sharon Tate film as well. Oh God! Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, Margot Robbie. But have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer for the Haunting of Sharon Tate? No. Right, it's a new one. Same, same setting, I guess. Well, it's a fictional film. Well, here's the thing. So uh, Nick showed me the trailer, and right. he we interpreted it very differently. I was right. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying yeah, I was right. Okay. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> basically it Sharon Tate while pregnant, like a couple of weeks before her death, starts seeing premonitions of it happening. She starts being haunted by these visions and these creepy people around her house. Which is essential and there's references in the trailer to uh subliminal messaging and stuff. Alright. So to me, it implies that they're freaking her out so much that she's getting paranoid. Okay. That's the story. Which, as far as I'm aware, is relatively correct. Oh, so odd. Yeah, it really is. So awful. Um, So that's what this film's following. It's following the actions of the cult in driving her mad, basically. She's played by... Um, Sharon Tate's played by uh, Hilary Duff. Oh, really? Which I think is quite good casting. It's a fantastic casting. On paper, it's exactly the same as Margot Robbie. Yeah. Glamorous, you know, young actress. Um, yeah, I think it's quite, I'm quite intrigued. It is directed by what I can only describe as a hack fraud film director. Famous for Halloween 6. Oh, dear. Um, and various horror documentaries. I mean, you know, it might be good. So, who knows? It's just bizarre that, you know, like... Because obviously there was a Ted Bundy thing on Netflix and then the Zac Efron thing, and now you're getting two doses of Charles Manson. People are obsessed with serial killers at the moment. But it's weird that it's the same ones. There's so many. Why are we getting doubles? We'll get Jeffrey Dahmer will be next, won't we? Oof. Yeah. We never see anything about... The British ones, do we? Oh, the Yorkshire Rippers had so many TV shows about it. That's true. That is true. And um, our good old friend Jack the Ripper. <laughs> the year was 1888. Oh, he's in the room again. Murder on the streets of London town. Murder most fair. Get out of here. Get out. All right. All right. All right. I'll be back. I'll be back, you bloody idiots. Skipping out that broom. <sighs> yes. Anything you're looking forward to? 
Any trailers? No, life is awful. Am I looking forward to anything? Uh, The time has almost come for the farty Pokemon film, um, (laughs) which I am excited about. uh, Very much so. When's that out? May. Oh, really? Okay. May. Mm, Interesting. Uh, Motley Crue is the thing I'm looking forward to more than anything at the moment. The biggest one I'm looking forward to, Love, Death and Robots. Oh my God, yes. Oh, it looks awesome. It looks like it was made for me. Everyone watched the trailer right now. I was watching it and I was thinking, yeah, it was, if I would have seen it and Adam wasn't there, I'd have instantly sent it to him. (laughs) It looks amazing. It's 18 short stories. Is it, I'm not sure if it's like an anthology series or whether it's like a film. Because they might be very short. Yeah, I wasn't clear on that. Yeah, it looks, if anyone's ever watched The Animatrix, which was a very bizarre collection of animated sort of Matrix mm. side stories, it looks, I mean, not not in so much in tone, but in artistic style. Well, we got a glimpse of, there's a glimpse of what looks like a sort of uh, robots, like cartoony friendly thing, CGI. We got a glimpse of some stop motion robot bits. We got... Claymation was there? Was it Claymation? Possibly. Possibly, there yeah. There was a weird... Yeah, I don't and know. And then there was a live-action, heavy special effects one that looked considerably like a bug war. <gasps> bug war, bug war. <laughs> but with robots in it. Uh, yeah, it just looks awesome. I really... I need to know more about it immediately. It's out in a couple of weeks. Was it March 15th? Yes. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. I'm really excited. I hope it is a film, because then I can review it here. Yes. Uh, yeah, that... what. There's nothing else. No. I'm so my brain is so in uh, production mode. It's that dull time of the year, and yeah, we are mentally about to go mad mm. because of this film we're making. But yes. it'll all pay off. Well, it might. Yeah. The well, worst case scenario, we'll have made a film. Yeah. I think that's the thing. That's why. I keep... What if I? I mean, this film we can actually get it on IMDb, can't we? Yeah, if it goes into competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it is going to go into competition. It is. I think I have to go down as AP Tyler because there's like four Adam Tylers. Well, that's why I'm Robert Helenborough. Yes, yes. Do we need to register names? I don't know, man. Oh, there's a whole other bag of issues that we need to go into. <laughs> anyway, follow us on Twitter at screen underscore bucket. If you're interested in the film, also follow at Hollowdale Media, um, and obviously North Arts FM. Your favourite community radio station at North Arts FM on Twitter and also Instagram. Fantastic. Well, have a wonderful time, guys, and we will see you next time for more. For more nonsense and film chat. And bug wars. Bug wars! Bug wars. There you are, everyone. That's our show. Yeah, guys, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, if you're still here after the... uh, paced off spectacular if you are still listening then we are very thankful Mm, yes um we discussed some stuff we didn't discuss some stuff well done man (sighs) we're really really gonna have a bang here this is a real this is a real episode oh god yeah What, what else is there to say just um you know keep watching your films keep watching your tv and, um... No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't watch. Do. Yeah. Do what we're doing. Eat crackers in front of a microphone. Yeah. Watch a film about bug wars. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. 
Right. Um, you never guess what Rob just said to me anyway, instantly. He said, do you know what? I would not buy the paste. I've won. I've won. I've won. won. He's converted round. him. You've won this round. Paste <laughs> is good. It's nice. It's like baby food. Weird, weird, weird. But you know what it's like? It's like we're astronauts. No, we're it's not remotely supping, like we're like astronauts. Supping on our nutritional You're paste. holding a tin of salmon and tomato paste. Yeah, that's what astronauts eat. No, it's not. It is. They, they eat moon they rock. Pluck it into the... Mm, nice paste. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, if you're still here, please follow us at, at screen underscore bucket and North Arts FM at North Arts FM. And what are you saying now, Rob? Yeah, follow us, man. It'll be good and you'll learn all about film and maybe it'll encourage you to make your own film and then you can be a big star like we are one day. <clears throat> oh dear. We're just taken to lying, have we? No, it's the truth. All right, fair enough. How many ears does Spock have? Two. <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> That's a good answer for how many eyes does a owl have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you later. Why did you even ask me that? Because... He has three. The left ear, the right ear, and the final frontier. How to ask. <laughs>